2: Register now for PASA's 2024 conference in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Don't miss over 70 educational sessions on farming and food systems plus an expansive trade show. Learn more at pasafarming.org HRN2024.
1: So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll Lord Knows that country music's gonna save
3: your soul. The devil runs is in rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you
4: welcome back to the speakeasy i'm damon bolte i'm southern teague i'm greg benson boys we're back well happy new year guys Happy New Year, yeah yeah 2024 look at
5: wow, us i haven't
1: seen you guys since last year Dude, i never thought we'd make it to be honest <laughs> <laughs> hey man we're only nine days in all right don't count your chickens don't, I, I, yeah, don't if, yeah, if we look back and we're like oh remember when southern jinxed us i'm gonna be really upset
5: so <laughs> wouldn't be the first time right um I hope everybody celebrated their way out. I uh, I, I did, uh, in the last uh, 58 days of, of last year, I did 33 events at Amore Margo to party that room down, and we shut it down on the night before New Year's Eve. So uh, on New Year's Eve, I actually, for the first time in over a decade, had nowhere to be. Um, so I, I celebrated wow. quietly with some friends, and I think I was in bed by, by, by 1 a.m.
4: Wow. Yeah, that seemed <laughs> to be trending this New Year's Eve. I mean, like, I usually spend... You know, New Year's with some friends and family just, you know, at my brother's house and we eat all the caviar and uh, the North Bay of San Francisco and, you know, drink champagne until we forget about it. But um, this one was a little bit smaller even than uh, previous years. I think I think a lot of people kind of took it easy this year, which is, I, I think, pretty. Pretty nice. Maybe it's just me and my friends are getting older
1: and that's what that I was is, about but, to
4: suggest that.
1: <laughs> yeah. We can't, we can't rule out the fact that like, Oh, people are taking it easier. It's like, no people that we know are taking it. Yeah. Easier. I yeah, wonder what's, right. what the common factor it is. Seems there.
5: there were just as many people in times square as normal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I think it's just the people we associate with.
4: Right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it was a great year. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, Amoria Margo's uh, uh, you know, go into, uh, you know, their, the bigger location, Uh, sad to see the small location go, but uh, it's good news really, ultimately that you have uh, room for uh, all those bottles that you've acquired. And, you know, I I, I do want to say this, you know, for a bar that started is like bidders only bar to see 13 years later, the, the market share of what is out there and available in that spirit category is impressive, you know, so much so to where, you know, you had, probably not enough stuff to put in the 240 square feet that you had before, but now you have, there's so many products out there to showcase and champion that you had to expand to a a room about four times the size. So yeah, that's, that's just cool.
5: That's very, you're right. It's incredibly cool. It's pretty humbling. You know, when we started the bar, when I see old photos of the bar in the beginning, I say that it looks toothless because there's so much space between each bottle on the back bar and now, you know, the bottles are lined up behind one another. You can't even see all the labels not enough yeah. linear space to see them all. And I think we had a lot to do with that. You know, in the beginning, I had to seek out all these Amari and bitters, Um, And then today, you know, people seek me out. Uh, so it's uh, the tide has certainly turned for, for that sure. category. Yeah,
4: yeah. So that's just, uh, you know, proof of a, a great year and a great run. And I mean, speaking of a great year, I mean, thanks to everyone for voting us uh, into the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation's uh you know, best broadcast award. So yeah. that's uh, you know, something to look back on. I, I always say this, you know, every year I I try to look back on the things that happened from the previous year and celebrate that rather than making you know, resolutions that I'm most likely going to fail, you know, dry uh, January. Um, anyone, anything of no, mind. No. you know, yeah, you I did it for about feelings. five you days. You know my feelings on so, that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Hard so best. yeah, I mean like it's, it's just great to reflect on the the wins, you know, instead of uh, set yourself up for, uh, yeah, that diet that we're never going to get around to, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a really important time of year to, to just kind of refresh and not really necessarily think about the, the like bad things that you're trying to fix, celebrate all the good things that you did because it's a lot yeah. easier to do.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and movie. there's, there's one, there's one trend that I'm actually glad has died of merciful deaths over the last few years. I think it was around a little bit before the pandemic, but the pandemic really kind of goosed it was this whole trend of like, Oh, that last year sucked. Like, let's talk about yeah. how much it's, I'm just like, no, come on, man. And also like things Life doesn't get easier. We all know this at a certain point. Like, if last year was hard, this year's probably going to be harder. So, like, stop sitting around and complaining about like what a bad time it was, and just like have some good times to you know, like you said, Damon, like look back on the good times, enjoy yourself, yeah. and enjoy. I think for all of us in this industry, uh, a little bit of a, a holiday break, which you don't really get until the calendar rolls over in January. So, I, I for mm. the first time had a night where I'm like, oh, I have, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to do any work from my day job. I don't have any social obligations. I was like, I think I'm going to take myself to the movies because I goddamn can. And I, and, and just enjoy (laughs) that little break. Um, I would also love to get into what I did for New Year's Eve, but on the advice of my attorney, uh, I probably shouldn't. And also, <laughs> we should probably go ahead and get to our guests that we have in this New That's Year's right. Yeah. Let's kick off a great new year right here, yeah. right now. Uh, some really cool people. We have the team from Singani63 joining us today. So we have uh, Luis Grenier, who is the general manager at Cocktail Real. And then we have uh, cocktail enthusiast and Singani spokesperson and, oh yeah, Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh joining us. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming in and uh, talking with us about Singani today.
3: Oh, thank you for having us, Damon. Great to see you. Likewise, yeah, welcome back. It's been since uh, we were on the show
4: twenty seventeen. It was uh, yep. the first and last time you were on the show, and that's uh, plenty of time to catch up on, right? I mean, there, there's been a massive amount of growth with Singani sixty three, and I want to I want to hear about it, and I certainly know that our listeners would like to as well. So, well, let me, me ask you a question. Real
3: talk. Did yeah. you think we would still be here?
4: Absolutely. Oh,
3: yeah.
4: Okay. Now, I, you know, that's that's me talking, uh, you know, from my own opinion.
1: But the I can also is, tell I, that that answer surprised the two of you that actually work in Singane. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, the reason you why guys, you know how this business is, I,
2: I do.
4: Huh? We all do. Yeah. But the thing is, it's you've taken an approach to a spirit category that was really unheard of in the United States, unless you're from Bolivia, you know, like you didn't know what the hell it was. And so, you know, with, there's a lot of like celebrity owned spirits companies these days, and for for a lot of those brands, I don't really see it, like the hands-on activation with the spirit and with the brand. And what you've done, which, which I've seen, I saw you doing it seven, eight years ago when we first met, um, I just don't see that with anyone else with the spirits that they're doing, and it takes a lot, a lot more passion to bring a spirit like Singani into the U.S. and U.K. markets. It's easy to do a whiskey and a tequila, you know, like because I mean, realistically, yeah, low hanging fruit. in the juice, you know. So, I mean, to me, like, passion's going to show in the end, you know, and it's just, and it has shown. I mean, like, like I was saying before we went on air today. I've seen it. And so like the growth, just pers- my personal experience with it, I've just seen it in so many more places than, than I, I would have probably thought. I mean, I knew it was going to stick around, but I didn't know that it was going to grow this much. And I mean, that's for the two of you with the passion that you have for it, uh, you know, just getting it out there and hitting the pavement with it. I mean, you're already a busy enough guy as it is, but, right. you know, <laughs> but, but to see that, to see your love and passion for it, that is proof enough that,
3: You know, it it has legs. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I think, you know, 2023 for Singani, 63, uh, turned out to be a a really seminal year for us because it started with the TTB recognition. And that really solved part of the education problem that that you're referring to. Uh, Nobody knew what Singani was. And that's, that's a real obstacle both in in the sort of within the industry, but especially when you're trying to reach a consumer, um, because people don't want to look stupid when they're trying to order a drink. And the obligation on the part of the people serving that drink to tell the story for you is uh, it's a big ask. And so I think the category um, just really helped if not legitimize, at least sort of clue people into the fact that, oh, it's OK that you never heard of this before because it's a new thing. And having the government sort of confirm that just it it really helped. We had a really good year.
1: Well, for for some of our listeners who might not know what Singani is, can we can we get a little quick uh, primer on what that spirit is, and uh, a little bit about where it comes from and how it's uh, made and grown and distilled?
6: <laughs> That's where Louise. Hey guys, is. thank you for having me. Um, no, thank you. I'm here, Louise. Thank you. Oh yeah,
5: yeah. Thanks for calling in all the way from Bolivia. Love love having you here, and mm-hmm. we're gonna we're, we're very excited to hear what you have to say about about all the like the, the methodology and, and the reasons and and, and the in the company that you're with casa real that's been around for a hundred years so
6: yeah always always happy to talk about singani uh, singani in general terms is uh, distilled from a wine made out of only Muscat of Alexandria grapes uh, and it's uh, we we in casa real we use uh, Cognac, Charente, Pot Seals. Um, we do a double distillation. And uh, and w- the main player, I mean, the, the, the main protagonist in this story is the Muscat of Alexandria grape, actually. And how it grows in Bolivia, these extreme conditions. And uh, and that is the the reason why Singani is so different to other spirits. Uh, it's like it's like when when, when you drink wine, say a malbec from Argentina or you, you drink a malbec from other region, it's not gonna be the same. And uh, say say you you have this grape growing in, in, in Bolivia and the same grape growing at a, in a different terroir like the, the French call it. It's not gonna be the same wine, and pretty much the distillation process is just to to take that spirit out of that wine and get the best uh, from that, and uh, and and that's that's one that's the main reason why Tignanne is so distinct. Yeah. All right. Well, the, that, that
5: altitude puts so much stress on the grapes that they right? they form like a much thicker skin, right? Uh, and the skin we know from drinking wine and tasting wine the skin is where most of like the aromatic qualities come from and certainly that probably translates through into the distillation
6: correct yeah 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 i mean it first of all it, to put you the map uh, geographically bolivia is right at the center of south america we're a landlocked country and uh, at our latitude it's not common to have uh, grape growing uh, if you look at the global map uh, but And and, and the reason why we we can have uh, grape growing at at this latitude uh, is because we are so high up. Uh, And we're talking about 5,000, over 5,000 feet above sea level. Um, And and it's not just uh, the altitude provides us to have cold winters. Uh, and and to and that adds to the whole grape growing cycle, and uh, and thanks thanks to that is is why we we can grow grapes and make wine and make singani. Um and add if you add that and our that extreme condition uh, because you are so close to the sun, like like you said uh, it. It uh, thickens the, the 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 grape, and uh, what happens is that it provides the, the grape has to protect itself mm-hmm. itself. So what happens? It it start creating more antioxidants and and different aromatic molecules, and that is why our Muscat of Alexandria is so so aromatic. And um, if you would just eat eat the grape. Uh, is an explosion of of aromas and and and, and floral and and and, and um, fruity and it's, it's just delicious. Um, and, and something that's very important is our this. Uh, to put you in context, we uh, Bolivia has only four thousand uh, hectares uh, of grapes total, uh, compared to Champagne. Champagne has, I think, over thirty. 34,000 hectares. right? Uh, so very, very, very small, very, very boutique. Um, but for some extraordinary reason, uh, that grape has liked the terroir and has been growing for so many years there that uh, it has accommodated to that.
4: You know, to me, the the brandy category is something that I feel has grown a lot since, well, first of all, classic cocktail, you know, revival and renaissance that that we can give a lot of credit to that, right? For just spirits, education, and, and knowledge of consumers. Um, but I think COVID kind of did something too where it, it kind of forced people into, you know, the, your general consumers that were getting excited about these classic cocktails and classic spirits, it kind of forced them into learning about them more at home mm-hmm. and kind of get a little bit more kind of experiment and, and educate themselves more uh, with the different spirit categories. So I guess to give a second part, uh, you know, second part answer to the question, Stephen, like that I think is another reason why Zingani is like really grown too, uh, along with other spirit categories that were lesser known uh, to like the American consumer, because I think just brandy in general is even though it's arguably the oldest distilled spirit, you know, uh, in a lot of cases, right. Um, For it being around longer than anything else, it's kind of strange that it's misunderstood as much as it is because like Luis, you were saying, it's all about this grape and it's about the terroir like with, you know, the most ubiquitous, most well-known brandy, which would be cognac. A lot of people don't know what it's made from still, you know, and it's funny that like Uni Blanc being the main grape that goes into it, you know, you never get a glass. You can't order a glass of Uni Blanc at a restaurant or bar, right? Um, other, But the terroir is an interesting thing because that's in the Grand Champagne region of France. But you go to Italy, the same grape it's called Trebbiano. So people are a little bit more familiar with Trebbiano. Blanc just goes in one ear, out the other. But I think, you know, once people realize that this is distilled wine, it's like, oh, okay, now I'm starting to get it. There's like a little bit of a light bulb moment. I mean a lot of whiskey drinkers don't realize that they're drinking distilled beer. You know, so right. there's really it's it's taken these moments of time and again passion to get the information out there and the education of these spirits and especially for something once you start getting into brandy like I have over the I I've started diving really deep into it over the past like 4 or 5 years then you really start seeking out the the deeper regions and and styles and you say you use the Charente pot still and you distill twice I mean that's what happens in cognac you know uh, so it, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of shared process but really what it comes down to ultimately is the raw product right it is those grapes it, it and how important they are and how unique they are and that's what makes this product so cool to me because before when I first tried it, you know, almost 10 years ago, I was like, this is cool. I'm like trying to wrap my hand my head around it and I'm like I'm trying to grab it. like the things that I could closely identify with, like say Pisco, right? Um uh or any kind of like O de vie, like Mark de Begonia or or Grappa. You know, I'm just trying to like figure out this unaged brandy situation. And that's cool to like, you know put one step uh you know, get yourself one step closer to what this is, but it really does come down to the raw material those grapes which are fascinating and you know like I I haven't been to Bolivia yet but I I really want to check this out like just these these interesting regions of the world I mean I I think another part of this I'm sorry to blab on for a little bit but what made this like spirits like this so exciting during COVID-2 is that people were grounded they couldn't travel so really this was your passport to the world through your glass right so it really is cool to be able to experience a part of the world that that has been doing this forever. I mean, your distillery is turning 100 years old this year, right? That's insane. And and to get this product out there, this category out there, it's just, I mean, you're really, this is a, a, a there's, a, keep saying it, but there's so much passion behind this. And it's a wonderful product. And, I mean, like 10 years for Singani 63, right, Stephen? And 100 yeah, that's years that's for the distillery? Years. Congratulations! That's amazing. Do you have any right.
3: parties planned for that? <laughs> well, you know, we um, we actually are kind of putting together a plan for 2025, which will be the official 100 year anniversary okay. of the distillery okay. to bring to bring some people down to see uh, how Casa Real operates. It's a really um, beautiful. Distillery. It's now. Is it twice as big now, Louis, as it used to be? You've you've expanded.
6: Yeah, it it, it has grown in the past years, uh, and, um, and it, it not not and the whole region has. I mean, going back to to what what Stephen was saying uh, regarding TTV, uh, for us it has been so significant and that there are more more distillers coming up and uh, looking up for for Singani, uh, which is a great thing. Um, Does it feel like
4: a validation of the spirit category, in a way, like for the United States?
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, everybody looks to the states for this kind of guidance. And so what I think you'll see for us over the next few years is other and, you know, other countries, entities outside of the US following the lead of the TTP. Um, As anybody knows who's in the industry, it's hard to get the TTP to do this. They don't, their default mode is no. And, you know, that was an eight-year process um, getting that category. So it really, you know, when you talk about brandy, Um, It all for us, the issue ultimately comes down to the consumer. And the bottom line was that for us, that seeing brandy on the bottle was confusing to Mm -hmm. people. It was very confusing to young people. Most people don't know what the definition, the actual definition of a brandy is. And a lot of the people that make brandy consider Singhani to be unfinished. Um, The fact that it's clear you know, doesn't align with most people's idea of what Brandy is. So, you sure. know, on the one hand, the educational component was frustrating at times, but I have to say, I never, I always felt I'd rather be telling this story and, and be on a steep hill while I tell it than show up with another vodka. Right, right, right. I, 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 yeah, at least, sure. at least, and in, and in, in what it turns out, how that ends up helping is when we roll up to talk to a new account, you don't have to get rid of anything yeah. to take right. Singani on. It's a new thing. It's mm-hmm. a new base spirit, but you don't have to kick anything out. Unlike if I rolled up with a gin, now you got to determine well how many gins can I have. Um, So all the things that at the beginning felt um, not insurmountable, but but really you you felt like there were real hurdles. Now, 10 years later, I I couldn't be happier with the fact that this is the story that we're telling. This is the product um, because it's as you said, Damon, the the effort has paid off. And now, you know, now we're in. I look at this now 10 years in that we're just starting act mm-hmm. 2. This is act 2, right? Act 1 was 10 years and now we're starting act 2 which is, you know, world domination. <laughs> Stephen, I
4: got to ask you the same question you
3: asked me at the top of the show.
4: Uh did you think you would be here at this point?
3: Well, I always believed obviously yeah. in the spirit itself. I think if if there were any doubts in the back of my mind it had to do with my ability to just keep going mm-hmm. um it is it is it is time intensive it's very resource intensive um and you know every every evening i found myself you know staring at the ceiling wondering what i got myself <laughs> into um, i i i my rosetta stone is always the the reaction to the spirit when people try it for the first time. That never gets old. It's, 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 it's always as exciting as it was the first time. And so that kind of, you know, I just keep trying to hang on to that uh, idea and that sensation. So I hope so. I mean, I, I, I didn't get in it to get bought out. I got in it because I love it and I wanted to turn people onto it. So there's, as long as I'm still breathing, um, there's no scenario in which I'm not central to Singani 63.
2: Want to cultivate farms and food systems that nourish, heal, and empower? Register now for PASA's 2024 Sustainable Agriculture Conference. Discover resources, services, and products at our expansive trade show, and explore more than 70 educational sessions on climate-smart practices, food justice, soil health, and more. Featuring a dynamic lineup of speakers, including Reginaldo Hasle Haslemarroquín, farmer and founder of the Regenerative Agriculture Alliance and CEO of Tree Range Farms, and Reverend Dr. Heber M. Brown III, pastor, community organizer, and founder of the Black Church Food Security Network. Find your community at PASA's 33rd Annual Conference in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on February 8th through 10th. Register now at pasafarming.org slash hrn2024. That's P-A-S-A farming.org slash hrn2024.
1: The world is changing faster than ever, and you need a website to go with it. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking to build your following or just starting out with a brand new idea, you need a landing page that's bold, innovative, and uniquely yours.
7: Whatever your passion, you need a web designer with experience, panache,
1: and heart. We can't help you with any of that. Hi, I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Greg Benson. Are we Silicon Valley tech visionaries? No, we're podcast hosts, and that's basically the same thing. And we're here to tell you about Ancestral Agave
7: Syrup. Ancestral Agave Syrup is the 100% pure nectar of the agave plant. Now, wait a minute, you're thinking. I've had 100% pure agave
1: nectar. Not like this you haven't. That stuff is processed with a diffuser, which introduces acid. Plus, it comes from Blue Weber, a monoculture that dominates farms, depletes the soil and won't help you grow your brand or expand your e-commerce functionality.
7: Ancestral agave syrup, on the other hand, is made by slowly cooking down the pure miel from Salmiana agaves in Hidalgo and Tlaxcala, two states that have been harvesting those plants for generations. It also won't expand your e-commerce functionality, but it will grow your brand, if your brand is a person who makes kick-ass margaritas or pecan pies or pancakes.
1: Unfortunately, the families behind this tasty stuff are being offered big beer company bucks to rip out their agave and plant barley instead. Which would be a crime, because Ancestral Agave Syrup is about as far from the processed stuff as 100% pure Vermont maple syrup is from that sticky bottle at a diner.
7: So, don't build a homepage from one of several easy-to-use templates, but do grab Ancestral Agave Syrup. Today, our first 25 customers will also receive a special limited edition Agave superhero comic book. So do not wait. Protect the land... Make better drinks and save the bats by grabbing some today. Go to... Wait, what was that about bats? Uh, yeah, it's an important food source on the migration path of the Mexican long-nosed bat. Huh. Yeah, the flowering stalks of the agave also provide protection from predators. Oh, that's cool. Should we get back to the ad now? Yeah, let's do that. Go to AncestralAgave.com or click the link in the show notes to grab some today.
1: Ancestral Agave syrup. It won't help you build a beautiful website, but it will make your cocktails taste really,
6: really good.
1: I want to talk
5: real quick about something you said, and, and I'm sure that all spirits brands have this idea in their mind, you know, world domination, getting it behind every bar on the planet. But how does that relate back to what uh, Luis said earlier? With such a limited supply of the grapes themselves, 4,000 hectares, there's got to be a point where we're going to hit a a, a a crux where you can't – you're already supplying almost uh, the entire supply to Bolivia, right? Over 80% of, uh, of Singani drink in Bolivia is from you. where
3: is there a limit? Is there a ceiling? Are we even close to it? like Well, we're not. Um, and the good news is even – you're right this is this is not beer this is a bespoke spirit um, the good news is that the 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 upper end of the limit which we are prepared to to push toward it's one of the first things i talked to luis pablo about which is okay in success can we scale you know to get to a place where this is a real business and the good news is you know if we, if we maxed out um Casa Real's ability to uh, produce singi in the course of a year that's a lot of cases mm-hmm. like, that's a very good business to be in and also at a certain point, I think it's a it's it's cool if it becomes known that you know there's just a finite amount yeah. of this stuff that can be had in a calendar year that's a good thing it's because it's yeah. special. And and over time, that becomes another part of the story and another selling point.
5: Sure, exclusivity and rarity are, are certainly things that add flavor to to things all the time. Yeah. And, and speaking of flavor, you mentioned just now your delight every time you see someone uh, for the first time taste the product. And, and and we're pretty deep into the show here, and we haven't even discussed the, the taste. So why don't you walk our listener through? You know, some, someone who's maybe uninitiated and hasn't had Singani sixty three, what the flavor notes are and
3: and why they should seek it out. Well, I think the the first adjective that comes up is floral. Um, but in in sort of doing our our market research in the early days of the brand, it was fascinating how many different notes people were pulling out of it. We did this experiment where we had twenty five people from around the country were sent a bottle without a label on it um and they would try it on camera and we would watch them try it and then we would ask them like what notes are you pulling out some of them felt it was more like a gin somebody said oh it's kind of like a tequila but a different kind of tequila um one of the things that nobody said it reminded them of was brandy (laughs) as it turns out Um, but I found the first time I tried it as speaking as a former vodka drinker um, that there was there was a variety of notes. Like the longer I held it in my mouth, it, it the more it would shift. Um, I've had people say, oh, there's kind of a peppery. Yeah. Quality. I get a lot of pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very active, very friendly. Um, and then the big you know, the first time I tried it, the, the big surprise was it just vanished when you swallowed it. There wasn't that second burn, you know, that you get when you drink hard spirits straight. Um, and that, that, that was, I've come to believe this has to do with not only the grape um, and the general methods of, of making singani, but Casa Real's specific method for making singa honey, which is using the cognac copper pot stills, distilling it twice. I think Casa Real it, it is able to be a lot more aggressive about cutting the top and the tail off of the spirit. So you're really getting the heart of it. And it's just so smooth. I just couldn't believe how smooth it was. So it's a very approachable and as it turns out, very versatile uh, yeah, spirit. versatile for sure. I noticed okay. that when I when I first got when I got
4: my first bottle of it after tasting it, of course, um, I I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to make with it first, but the first cocktail that I, I mean, you know, because I'm I'm a cocktail bar owner, of course. You know, most people these days they and I want to talk to Luis and you about that, uh, like the traditional way of drinking it in Bolivia. But you know, for us for this show right now, you know, I. You know, we're all cocktail people. So uh, the first cocktail that I thought to make with it, because I, I didn't want to treat it like a gin and I didn't want to treat it like a cognac. But I realized I could. So I made a Martinez with it. So, you know, yeah. the, the Cingani 63 with some really good uh, Italian vermouth. I mm-hmm. stuck like a bar spoon of maraschino and some aromatic bitters. And it just sung. it it, it, and it so really i mean what it was kind it was like somewhere between uh you know it it had the the body of a brandy but the lightness and the freshness of a gin you know or a pisco you know and it just it it worked both ways it was almost like drink somewhere between a manhattan and a martinez you know and it (laughs) it was delightful you know and so that was the moment where i was like okay this is a really special spirit and there's a lot of different things and you know like I did the martini test, of course, because anytime you get a clear spirit, you want to try it in a martini. Um, anytime we get a like an age spirit, we usually start out by making a, an old fashioned. I made it old fashioned with it. Wow. Yeah.
2: It's amazing. Yeah. in
4: old fashioned. You know, I, the there's a lot of uh, kind of misconceptions about making an old fashioned. It has to be aged spirits. No, it doesn't. Actually, uh, a gin old fashioned is amazing. Uh, there's so many ways to, you know to use this spirit it's just it's like you said it's extremely versatile and just the, it, even like in a singani tonic i mean it's yeah or just even a highball just with soda water that, that's the way i like to test out spirits these days just how does it work with soda water when there's nothing that it can hide behind in fact it's going to be aerated more with the seltzer water and it's it really has to be top-notch to perform that way and you know, be naked. You know, and um, it just does
3: all the things. It's really amazing. So uh, yeah,
5: I want to want to loop back. One of the
3: first just with the, before we jump, somebody described it to us when we were taking it around in the early days as egoless. Yeah, that that's a great great descriptor. It, it seems to find its place when you put it into a cocktail. If it feels like it should. Play tambourine. It seems yeah. content to sort of like just do that. It's it's very it's it's um, we've seen it. Uh, we had a guy who was trying to get rid of several cases of baiju that his oh. beverage director oh, had all. forced him to buy, <laughs> and he, he pulled us over and he said, "I've been trying to get rid of this stuff. I can't get anybody to drink it." I made a Baiju Singhani cocktail and something in the Singhani took all of the, the harshness out of the Baiju. And he goes, I'm going to put this on the menu, sell those two cases of Baiju, never buy it again. But I just wanted to thank you for solving wow. my problem. Well, that's I amazing. would ask,
5: you know, you, you, I know you were on a movie set when you first tried it. Uh, someone handed you a bottle, uh, as the lore reads. I would ask, how did you enjoy it when when you first had it? How do you like to drink it the most now? And then I would ask Luis to maybe follow up with, how do Bolivians drink Singani?
3: I drink it on the rocks, um, which I refer to as the subwoofer. Um, <laughs> that's my preferred method. That's how I had it the first time. Um, and that's how I drink it now because I just love the taste
6: and uh, to follow how how bolivians drink it uh, uh, first of all uh, this is uh, singani has been part of our culture for so many centuries even even bef- even before mm-hmm. we, we we were' founded as a country and 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 the thing is that, here in Bolivia, we we enjoy it in in so many different versions. I mean, uh, the most common is what we do is a calling glass, uh, full ice, one third of singani, and two thirds of ginger ale. Plus, always you add a you add lemon to it, and that's called uh, the the uh, here in Bolivia uh that's the most common mm-hmm. way to drink it but um uh, it, it, it's it's very traditional when you when you go to a restaurant here in, in la paz you sit down and they pour you uh, a singani with some some type of uh, fruit juice and um, uh and that's called a cocktailito or, or little cocktail kind of like an appetizer i think that's how you call it
5: right are you saying in the same glass or two no, separate dude, glasses,
6: like in a shot they they bring a, a jaw mm-hmm. a, a small jaw and uh, they pour you it's already mixed uh, so before you start eating mm-hmm. because la paz is so high up a little aperitif yeah it's so high up that the digestion doesn't work always uh so that 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 <laughs> aperitif, uh, it, that's <laughs> that's very very traditional here in bolivia um we we even use it and and i always tell this story and uh my my grandmother used uh, uh use it for a uh, um uh strawberry pie recipe uh, or mm. even I was gonna yeah, even in food so singani lives in a, in 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 our everyday culture um, and something I, I, I want to point out, um, that, that, uh, going back to the, the, the aromas, uh, in the wine world, you use aromatic dis- descriptors uh, when you want to talk about the wine. And Mosca of Alexandria has its own descriptor uh, as Moscatel. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that Mask of the Valley, gender grave has its own aromatic molecules that are very distinct. So that's why you're not going to have any other spirit like this uh, anywhere else. And, and and listen, I'm not trying to say this is the best spirit or... or uh, why not? That makes me
5: that makes me ask a side question. You know, uh, the three of us, we travel all over the world and taste spirits from all over the world. And oftentimes when we go to a place and its location and its home of the spirit. So let's we've been talking about cognac a few times. Cognac is consumed the least in France than anywhere else in the world. Uh, it, it, do you find that to be true of your spirit as well? Sometimes people look away from their own, uh, Not in America. We drink plenty of, of American whiskey. Um, but other countries sometimes look away from the thing that they make to look at things from other places. Do you, does does a lot of Singani get consumed in Bolivia is what I'm asking. Yeah,
6: it, it is the number one spirit. It's still prideful. That's good. Yeah, it is a number, the, the number one spirit still in the market. Uh, uh, there's... Um, but but there are other spirits coming in into the market very strong, but but still, Singani is the number one. Uh, but the point I was trying to make is that it, it's funny how this this grape made all the way from from Egypt, I don't know, centuries ago, to Bolivia and found this place so high up uh, in the mountains and 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 it's part of our our. Is part of a culture, and is part of, uh, and it's not just me saying that. It's a whole country and a government uh, that um, has laws in place to 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 say what singani where Singani can grow, can be produced, and cannot be produced. Um, is and there's 11 million Bolivians that 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 uh, recognize this. As its own spirit, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to say that there's more behind just the the, the Jews, you know. There's a of course. There's a lot. There's a culture. There's a uh, there's beliefs and uh, so many things behind it. So,
4: can I ask a follow up question to that? Uh, so this other mentioned the uh, I I know, I know we all. All of us travel, not just the three of us on the show, um, a lot. To me, a lot of times whenever I go somewhere and I taste that spirit, or wine or beer, whatever it might be, that's from that region of that place that's far away. And then I take it back to New York or to California, wherever I'm wherever I am. Um, it's it's kind of hard to like tell that story. To like whenever I'm whenever I'm giving it to someone and showing them for the first time, it's hard, you know, because it tastes different when you're when you're having oysters mm-hmm. in like the Rhone or where you know wherever you might be, you know, it like it, it they just take they hit different, right? So like it's I know that you had a campaign last year that mm-hmm. I think was meant to help out with describing, I uh, you know, and with efforts such as coming onto the show uh, onto the speakeasy again, thank you for that again um what the fuck is singani 63 was the ad campaign or wtf yeah. is singani 63 so i guess my question is the to follow up for southern um and i guess what i'm trying to ask is like how do you bring that to people it, it, that because that that without having them go to bolivia like are there any kind of elemental like experiential marketing kind of campaigns that go along with this wtf is singani 63
3: yeah, there have been a couple of, you know, I think bedrock ideas uh, when it comes to the marketing of it. The the What the Fuck campaign um, grew out of I think an an understanding that that uh, we have to, you know, think of it as you're 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 giving a speech. Um, to articulate the elephant in the room. Like, if you want to get people engaged, you've got to say the thing that everybody's thinking that right. they didn't <laughs> know they were thinking. And the bottom line, you know, for us was having been in the market for a few years, my, my the the thing that everybody, I felt, wanted to say to my face, but to, they were too civil to do so, was what the fuck is 960. <laughs> so I was I like, let's it. leave Let's lean into that. Like, let's just make that part of the campaign. The, one of the other campaigns uh, that we've uh, played with is avoid the obvious, um, which is something that I've tried to follow, a principle I've tried to follow in my career. And I felt Singani um, really aligned with that belief that you should avoid the obvious. Um These are all things that are evolving and that we are trying out in different markets to see what works. Um, But the What the Fuck campaign, I felt, had had some some punch because it makes people laugh. Mm -hmm. And when people are laughing, as it turns out, they're more open to something new than in any other state. If you make somebody laugh, they they you've surprised them and part of them goes, "Okay, I'm going to listen to you because you surprised me." And so you must have some something going on that I want to pay attention to. Sure. So the voice the voice of the brand has always been cheeky. Yeah, I I would I would totally agree with
4: that. I mean like the uh just I love what you said about that because you know, yeah. People tend to listen more once you've got them like like if they're laughing, then that you've kind of like broken down their their guard, you know, and then they're they're more open to to listen after that. And I think it's an incredible campaign because also like who doesn't like a campaign that has curse words in it anyway? Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like,
3: <laughs> it's well, like exactly. let's- we have to do. You know, we have to zig where other people yeah. are tagging. There's no other established. Brand that would ever do anything like that, and that's the right. point, you know. Yeah, it's also a little self-effacing, right? You you get to kind of take the piss out of yourself a little,
5: which yeah. which ingratiates you to other people and opens them up emotionally. And I especially think especially uh, with
4: bigger, stodgier brands, as you said, you know, they would never take a chance like that. Um, and and there's so much stuff. like that. So I work. I've been working at Brandy for the last four years, and you know, and I work in DAMBA and. It's a, just a brand new distillery that's, you know, we, we have a tasting room in downtown Napa. And whenever I go there and teach seminars and classes to people, it's like they're coming from wineries. And wine, like the wine and spirits industry, as we call it, you know, the wine industry side of it is really stuffy a lot of the times. They're, but the spirits industry tends to have more fun, I've found. I think we could probably all agree there, but then, you know, there are also still those distilleries and big brands and, and, and companies, distribution companies, and whatnot, that take themselves so seriously. And it's like, this is, this is more fun. You know, we're at the end of the day, we don't go to bars. Uh, like we could, we could drink at home for way less money, but it'd be way less fun. we go there to have fun. And, and, and yeah. you know, and that's what these, these things should be. The product should be fun. Uh, for the places where we go to, to have fun, you know? So I really appreciate, I, I appreciate the the spirit of that spirit, if you will. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah.
5: Well, given your lengthy, you know, career in, in effectively storytelling, I'm curious, like, what part of, the lift are you doing for the advertising side of, of the company? Are you, are you encouraging that storytelling style? Are you encouraging, you know, those sorts of methods? I saw you had a video out some time ago where you just had clips. It looked like a self-filmed clips of people. Um, uh, you know, you asked them if they knew what Brandy was, I think. Yeah. And,
3: yeah. Talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's the, given, given my lack of experience when we started this, um i needed to to really focus on the things that i do know which is telling stories and and it's been my responsibility to come up with if not you know all the copy uh, a lot of the copy and all the basic ideas of how we're going to tell the story but that being said you know this First of all, I'm the I'm why one of the reasons I like talking about Singhani 63 and why I will go anywhere and talk to anyone about it um, is it's not my story. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's much more gratifying to talk about Singhani and Casa Real than it is for me to talk about a movie or a show that I was involved with, which becomes kind of soul crushing. Um, this this is a fun story to tell, I love telling it. So I'm a guy with a bottle and a backpack, essentially. Um, but also, and this is, you know, we're in an interesting period for the brand because of this issue. At the same time, this has to survive me. This can't, this, this ultimately has to work on its own without anybody knowing that I'm still as- mm-hmm. caring that I'm associated with. Mm-hmm. It. So we're, we're, we're constantly sort of talking about finding this balance and a trajectory that over time creates, you know, a narrative of Singani 63 that really is just about Singani and in which, I'm uh, if people care to know they were like, oh, he's the guy who brought it uh, outside of Bolivia for the first time. Um, But it shouldn't be that foreknowledge shouldn't be necessary. This thing has to live on its own. Right. Your goal is to almost become a footnote in
5: in the company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible, uh, and I think one thing that I don't know, and I'm just realizing it now, as you said it, and I've said it a couple times in the show, Singani
3: sixty three. Where does the name even come from? That is my lucky number, um, and so when when we started when we started talking about um, this doing this, uh, what we what we determined was we we need to make a, a, a specific. Uh, Singani for these purposes, Singani 63 to be sold as a product that is not exactly like the white label or the black label Singani that is sold in Bolivia. So the distinction here is that Singani 63 is made only from the estate grapes of Casa So it's kind of a turbo uh, Singani in that regard
5: yeah 63 and, and, and yeah and your lucky number that's yeah. a high lucky number I, that's a high I lucky number <laughs> yeah. you
6: know
4: everybody's got kind of one everybody's got yeah. kind of a lucky number mine would be singani 11 um yeah. kind of like oceans love um yeah. but uh you know the, the cool thing about that is the label is a really fun design too um the yeah. artwork you know my thing is I I come from a graphic design background and before I got into the spirits industry, I remember going into like the wine and spirit shops and looking around and making some terrible wine purchases based on the fact that the label looked really cool and designing. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and I realized the power of that. And then, you know, eventually I, you know, I, I'm sure we can all remember about like uh, around like 2010, a lot of the old label, like, whiskeys and gins they started repackaging did you notice that like everyone started repackaging and redesigning like all at the same time oh sure um, i still
5: hate the Rittenhouse label <laughs>
3: yeah
5: i think it looks like a bottle of worcestershire sauce now
3: yeah right well you know that stuff really matters and it yeah. does though yeah we we wanted a label that was cinematic um and that also um Fulfilled what I call the sixty-foot rule, which is you should be able to see this thing on a shelf from sixty feet away and know exactly that it's a bottle of Sangani sixty-three. Like it has to stand out in a row of of you know other spirits, um, and so yeah, we're we're we love the design. And to your point, Damon, I was the same way when I was growing up and looking for going into a store looking for wine I, I i went with whatever graphically uh appealed to me and luckily didn't know enough to to really move beyond that um but it's it has a huge impact and now of course for me going into a bar or a restaurant is completely ruined yeah <laughs> these are places really- These are places that I used to enjoy going to, and now I can't stop looking at the back bar. I can't stop looking in the well. I want to see what's on the menu. Why why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Um, And it's shocking to me sometimes when I look at bottle designs that are interesting, but that I know from now 10 years of experience Boy, that is not a bottle design that anybody who works behind a bar wants to use. Right. <laughs> and how, how important that is. Like this, it's to this day, I'm shocked. I, I look at something and go like, are you kidding? Like you can't pick that thing up.
5: Yeah. Yeah, it's massive. I think yeah. what happens a lot with with these otter shaped bottles is uh, their goal, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I think their goal is to not have it fit in the well in such a way that it's comfortable so that it has to stay on the back bar visible to the guest. But what unfortunately happens for these brands is we pour it into a different bottle that fits in our well. And so we're just cheating the bottle and then you don't get that label recognition while we're pouring, yeah, you know, exactly.
4: <laughs> but that's that's <laughs> another
3: you want to reduce the number of things that would make somebody say no to you yeah. right to us you know we we were very conscious of like we got to hit all these things it's got to be a a really a you know arresting compelling label the bottle shape um initially in the in the very first run of of Singani 63 that we got in the state there was a, a sort of governor spout uh-huh. in, in the top of the bottle very quickly uh, it was explained to us <laughs> that we needed to stop doing yeah that. Um, but, you know I want to make the yes as easy as possible
5: yeah that governor just tells me you don't want me to sell your product
4: quickly
3: yeah <laughs> you want me to sell it slowly <laughs> <laughs> or break the top
4: of the bottle off off
5: of there. yeah exactly <laughs> Ridiculous. So well, Singani's been around since 2014. Is that correct? Is that what yeah. I'm gathering? So since 2014, um, are you? The, I only know of one other brand.
3: Uh, are you the main importer of Singani to the United States? I mean, you've got to be. Well, I think yeah. There are some other Singanis in the market. Um, they they. And and we want there to be other Zingani,
5: right? Because a high tide raises all boats, and, right?
3: Yeah, and it's also if, if if it if it feels like we're the only people out there, and you've got this shelf in a store that has this new category, it says Singani, and there's just the one model. Mm-hmm. Like over time, I think if you're a retailer, you're you're wondering, is this like what's going on here? Sure. Um, so. But as these other Singhani's discovered, it's it's hard to yeah. bring the spirit to market, especially in the U.S. It's the worst, and system. yeah, it's 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 not for the faint of heart. Um, and what's you know, for us, the tricky part is um, everything is sort of à la carte. You know, we have to we go state by state. We we're in the U.K. Um, we're in the Caribbean. Um, those. We got there because somebody from those places tasted some and said, we want it. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of partnership and passion that you need if you're going to break into another market. We don't have the resources to just roll up somewhere out to, outside the U.S. Um, from scratch. We need partners who come to us and say, if you bring this here, we will do X for you. Um, and so that's what's happened. We've gotten calls from a lot of different countries, especially after the TTB announcement. And we can't afford to go there. Like right. we can't open up that many fronts. I think there's huge potential for Singahani in Asia, um, Japan, especially. We've had um, inquiries from Japan. It's just, I uh, you know. We I mean, better more, to grow organically and, and yeah. Yeah, better go or grow organically and
5: slow. Yeah, better to grow organically and slow and fulfill orders rather than take too many orders and not be able to fulfill, right?
3: Well, That's Simon so. Ford said to us at Tales of the Cocktail the first year we were there don't confuse expansion with growth. Mm-hmm. That's and it. I think that I've. Committed that to memory.
5: He's a pretty clever fellow. Speaking of tales of the cocktail, do you make your presence known at other um, conventions uh, throughout the the country and the world? And also, um, uh, do have you been in? Have you gotten any awards from, say, L.A. Spirits Comp or or, um, you know, San Francisco Spirits Comp, etc.? Have you have you put your hat in those rings? Yeah, I
3: mean, we we have to be smart about that um, because they they take up a lot of time for the team it's still a pretty small company um and so it's it becomes a a kind of rolling conversation about well which one of the we can't do all of them which one do we want to do this year um kind of thing there's there's a there's an event happening in europe this year that we're talking about Um, i think it's in germany like a bcb in germany Mm -hmm. Um, and it it, there's no question at some point we we have got to have a a plan for europe Um, and so tails you know we feel like for us to do bcb and tails in the same year is a bit of a big um, order for us Um, so i think there'll probably be some checkerboarding there but we're kind of taking that as it goes We've gotten some nice, uh, and I'd have to go look them up. We've gotten some nice uh, attention from various, you know, uh, what do you call them, contests or uh, where you submit your spirit and maybe you win an award. But off the top of my head, um, I can't think of one that's that, that everybody would go, oh, my God, you won that. Um, that's – and I don't know how long <laughs> – how long you're um eligible for these things? I mean, forever. That, I uh, I, sit,
5: I sit, I'm a judge on a few of them and you can submit year after year after year forever if you want to. I uh LA Spirits is uh, sorry, uh, New Orleans Spirit Comp is mostly craft and smaller companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even there you'll some, you know, like you know, larger, well-established and older brands will submit mm-hmm. from time to time just to, you know, reestablish their ranking, et cetera. But uh, you can do it forever it's not uh, it's not like you have to do it when you're when you're new
3: well um, on our cell sheet we we um, have a very large uh logo for the double plutonium award um which doesn't exist no. but uh, it, uh, <laughs> it's impressive <laughs> congratulations uh, on that it's, it's, you got the double yeah. the single is the single's good the double is where yeah no it's, uh, we're actually the only people to have won it awesome
4: so there, do you have singami at uh, Amore margo I do, yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, on, this is like perfect for Emory Margo.
5: Yeah, it's not on the current menu. Um, you know, we're still in the depths of cold weather, winter, and we, we consider the, the lighter spirits more for our spring-summer menus. But, uh, yeah, we've had it on the menu in the past, and it's, uh, you know, my bar – I, I've, I've jokingly said for, for over a decade now, um, you know, there's no better place to get an education than at a bar. And if that's true, Amori Margo is somewhat of a, you know, a, um, university level. Um, so we're, we're kind of in the business at my bar of educating people all the time. So we definitely talk about everything that goes across that bar. So it's for us, it's old hat. Do you find that it's a, a hurdle to overcome, to get other bartenders on board with um with, with spreading the gospel and, and, and not, not only spreading the gospel, but, Doing it evangelically, like with the correct knowledge, right? That
3: that has turned out to be um, not an obstacle um, because people that are that you know um, embedded in in this universe really like the spirit and really like the story. Um, the tricky part once you've kind of um, persuaded. Uh, the 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 industry um is is the consumer i mean this is this is the last 10 foot problem that that you've got to figure out and that that includes retail um we just last year were able to um come to uh, you know uh, uh, an arrangement with for instance total wine and that's you know that's huge i mean mm-hmm. thank think of how many people approach total wine to get on a shelf in their store mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's just now you know act two is um, really getting the consumer to ask what the fuck is <laughs> Um because you can there talk about a talk about a ceiling if all you've been able to do, Is is get the mixology community to support you, and that's a fantastic thing. But if that's where it ends, you don't have a business. Yeah, not a big enough business to sustain itself. So we've we're constantly, and we're seeing more of that now. But the goal is, and and I'm also aware that you know. Tell me if I'm wrong. Mescal had been around for a while, and oh, yeah. then suddenly, <laughs> suddenly people were walking into bars asking for it. Right. Well,
5: I think you're 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 right at the sort of tail end of the comment on the on the old adage of uh, it takes a decade to be an overnight success, right? Yeah. Yep. So you've been out there uh, grunting it out for a decade and now it's becoming more and more known. And, and I would, I would assume that in a, in short order, a couple of years, maybe people will, will be like, yes, yeah, it's, and it's this new thing that we love. And okay. we've been around at that point for 12 years, you know, um, and it'll seem very overnight to the onlooker, but, but. Uh, Wasn't Willie
4: Nelson like in his fifties when he had his first hit? I mean, yeah. <laughs> something like that. But yeah. you know, it, like I was saying at the top of the show, I've certainly seen it, it. It's growth, you know, with just my own experience. Um, so I know you've been out there really hitting it hard and you guys are doing a great job of growing this brand and this category outside of Bolivia. So, I mean, kudos to you. And one big part of that too, is that, you know, being able to get it in places where, where you know, you've got, it's available now on dot um, 63com So like people can go to the website and, Grab a bottle, um I've seen it you know it, it, I still see it come up in press a lot, you know, like in buy magazine, I know recently, I saw it there um so I mean these are all great things, and you know it's the visibility is is definitely growing and growing, and I mean it wouldn't do that if the product wasn't good, you know I mean exactly. So, I mean, you know, I know it's been a, a huge growth period for you over the past decade and, uh, and, and 100 years as well for the distillery. So, I mean, it's just exciting to see what's going to happen with the next 10 years, the next 100 years for Singani yeah. as a category and Singani 63 is the kind of the, the flagship leader in the, uh, you know, the world market for, for this category of spirit. And like I said, I'm a huge brandy fan. I'm, I'm a big brandy nerd. And I, I just think that it's, You can't get a more classic spirit, you know. It's it's literally like the like the oldest spirit that that's been continuously produced. I mean, and and it's all of its different styles and variations. And this one is so cool because it is a cognac still, and it is distilled twice like cognac. I mean, so there's some cool things that make it stand out in the kind of canon of singani as a spirit category. But it's there's so many there's so many no brainers, right? Right in front of your face about this spirit, yeah. you know, about Sinkani 63, where you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is it? That's what it is. And I oh, want to yeah. know. So, yeah, I mean, very cool stuff. And I know we're, we're at time here. Um, yeah. uh, I, I know that we have, the, there's, a, there's a, some really amazing stuff on your social media feed for Sinkani 63. I mean, people can go check it out. Um, but, you know, it, like Souther was saying, like you were saying, Stephen, go to your bar. Go and ask yeah. your bartender about it, and they're going to know. And if they don't have it, just keep asking for it, and eventually they'll get it. Eventually well, if they don't have off. it, you'll,
5: by asking, you'll spark their curiosity, and yes. hopefully they'll go out and get a hold of it, and then they, they can have something to share with their guests. No, um, that's
3: what that's what every account wants, is people coming in and asking for it. And, in fact, one of our other campaigns was – Ask your bartender if Singhani sixty three is right for you. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, but you're you're right. I mean, it's got that's that's you have to get to that point, and you know, we're 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 keeping our head down and our feet moving. Yeah, well, you're I do kind of want to
1: ask now that you've rolled that boulder all the way up the hill and you've gotten the TTB to acknowledge and you're onto it. You said at the top of the show, Act Two. What? what does Act 2 have in store? I mean, are, are we moving away from the educational phase of just telling people what this spirit is and kind of getting people more excited about the specifics of Singani 63 or the different ways that you can use it? Or um, is is have we moved past the initial making sure people know what this is phase and into the next phase of um, whatever... I guess what I'm asking is uh, to reveal just enough of your business plan for 2024 <laughs> as you feel comfortable with. Well, and tell us yeah, what's uh, yeah. coming next.
3: Like like most business plans, um, it's all about growth, and so you know what we want to do is get it get get it to a place where it becomes attractive to a potential partner. Because what I need is infrastructure. I need to hook into a, a pre-existing infrastructure that allows us to go anywhere we want to go mm-hmm. and have the support to make it work. We, there, it's generally understood what that range is in terms of case numbers. So our our near-term goal over the next two to three years is to hit that metric. and, and start conversations with people who can really, you know, inject some accelerant um, into the brand because it is at a certain point I, I, I can only, you know, sustain it at a certain level and, and to go to really blow it out, I'm going to need a partner. So act two is, is becoming uh, a brand that somebody kicks the tires on and goes i like this right
5: That's
3: again exciting. i want we want to run it the way we're running it i just want i want more resources and more infrastructure so i can go to asia for instance
1: well, sure. if, if anyone who fits that bill is listening, uh, get get in touch with us. We will only take a modest cut here at this point. <laughs> <laughs> just
5: a <laughs> trip to Bolivia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll, well, we're easy to buy over. You don't need to go yeah. break the bank to win our favor. <laughs> um, if, if someone like that, or for that matter, any of our listeners wanted to uh, get in touch with you and keep up with what you're doing, where, where would be the best spot to follow you on social media, keep up with your stuff, maybe get some Singani 63 of their own?
3: Yeah. I mean, there, there are multiple uh, paths toward toward getting a hold of us. Um, but I think probably the most direct would be through, you know, one of our social media accounts, either the Facebook or Instagram. Those, those are pretty active. Um, but it's it's like I said, it's it, we we just kind of keep doing what we're doing. Um, the trajectory is is looking good. Uh, especially uh, as I said last year was one of our best years ever and that's in the face of overall um, the industry not going up uh, as much so Mm -hmm. it was you know to have a year where you're up 40 percent and not a lot of other people are uh, that's a good year now the question is can you keep doing that yeah, for sure. That's that's
4: insane. I mean, like everything since twenty twenty one has been down uh yeah. in the spirits world. So to be up forty percent uh over a fiscal year, that's incredible. Yeah, congratulations on that. Wow. And yeah. insane. Yeah, that's great well cool um guys i i know uh i know you're busy you got to get out there and sell some more singani 63 and maybe get around (laughs) and drink some more i was gonna say (laughs) 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 but uh it's been a real pleasure having both of you on um having you back on steven and Luis. it's been great chatting with you i know you're you're all the way in bolivia right now so uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show uh both of you for that matter and uh yeah for all of our many listeners out there. you know, go find your Singani 63 at the store, ask for it at the bar, make a Martinez cocktail with it. Uh, well, check and- it out. At,
5: uh, you mentioned it earlier, but I want to mention it again. Check it out at buysingani63.com. That's B-U-Y-S-I-N-G-A-N-I 63.com. And then the socials are Singani 63, uh, Instagram and Facebook. So you can follow along with the shenanigans. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I encourage bartenders who are listening who've never tried it to get a hold of some uh and and you know uh, open up a new door for your you know put put a new weapon in your in your arsenal behind the bar so
4: yeah absolutely well, cool. That's it for the speakeasy this week. Thanks again, guys, for being on the show. Happy New Year to everyone. And thanks again for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station and check out any of our archived many, many episodes. We've been doing this for over 13 years. <laughs> That's <right>. Almost 700 <laughs> episodes, I think. Uh, something, like something like that. Um, yeah. I can't believe it. Uh, I know that uh, you know. there's been a lot of a lot of really great guests that we've had on this show In the studio and remotely. And I just want to say thanks again for coming on the show, guys. And until next time we meet, I hope we can see each other at one of these great bars that we've mentioned and conferences and have a Singani together. And until then, cheers, everyone. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody.
6: Bye. Thank you so much. So you don't shun the devil with
1: your rock.
5: The speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food and drink radio supported by you.